Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Happy end of spooky season, and let's just move right into the holiday season. I was actually at a uh, local Target, and uh, it was funny. This was obviously prior to Halloween, and they were already breaking that down and putting up their their Christmas decorations and what have you. And uh, yeah, just I was like, wow, we really, we really just move right through the holidays, don't we? That's kind of like what I'm doing with this podcast because I am taking literally one week off because, you know, I just like having these discussions and I want to keep continuing to bring you the engagement of those discussions with people who are involved in independent music, whether it's documenting it, playing it, putting it out, whatever it is, as long as it has some energy, as long as it's in small, sweaty rooms, you know the drill. This week concludes the live series of podcasts that I was doing over in the United Kingdom that I recorded back in June of 2022 at Outbreak Fest, a amazing music festival that, uh, you know, keep your ears to the ground because they have their next year announcement that's coming out very, very soon, which I'm excited to see. Got a little sneak peek and I'm I'm not going to tell a soul. I told them that I'm not going to tell a soul, but they gave me a little like, it might be these bands. And I'm like, holy moly, it's going to be a banger, as the kids say. But this week, I have got Matt Kareckis from Citizen, and I have Issa from Slow Crush, both who obviously played the festival. I sat down in front of a live studio audience and had a compelling discussion with both of them. They were fun. I've had Matt on before. Issa, I actually never had on before. I tried to meet up with them when they were in Southern California, but schedules did not align. So I was able to uh, get to know her in front of, you know, people. (laughs) Which was, which was fun. And always, I get a little bit nervous when that happens where I'm like, you're nice. I don't really know you. Do I do like a quote unquote normal episode of the podcast? All that stuff. But we were able to make it happen. And both of these were really fun, like I said. So first and foremost, you can actually listen to these podcasts on YouTube. So 
click on the link in the show description. You will be able to subscribe if you want to consume podcasts that way. You can also email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I will always respond to those emails. I get guest pitches and other (laughs) ideas that come in from people where I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. And uh, if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, you can do the same on Spotify, just rating. Keep in mind, I'm sure they're going to add comments at some point. Maybe that's like part of their tech roadmap, so to speak. You know, there's some industry nerd, nerd talk right there. But anyways, that's what you can do for the show. Or you can just share it with your friends because that's the best way that this thing travels. So uh, I'm going to talk to Matt going to play that out. We'll have a little break and then we will play the chat that I had with Isa from Slow Crush. Just love both the bands. Citizen, like they are really, really interesting because they've been able to shift and mold and change themselves to pursue whatever musically they want to do because they used to frankly just be kind of like a, you know, sort of by the numbers popish punkish band but i you know i'm maybe giving them short shrift to their earlier material because i personally always really liked it but uh they've been able to ebb and flow into this really cool sort of indie rock band that they are now and uh slow crush they are just such a hard-working band tour relentlessly even though they're from belgium i had the opportunity to see them for the first time when they came over and played southern california gosh i don't know it was many months back but really really good so anyways let's talk to both of them just wanted you to have a lay of the land here we go i really do feel like i'm hosting a late night show doing that like welcome onto the couch matt yeah. <laughs> but anyways thank you very much for doing this because i know you didn't cool. need to <laughs> yeah, yeah no, of course, of course. <laughs> I was uh, I was sharing this with you when we were just outside the tent. I was like, I've had Matt on the podcast before, and I was like, that's a couple years ago. 2017 was when we last spoke, which feels like nine lifetimes. Like Citizen was just you know kind of waking up, being a band. <laughs> yeah, right, right, that, yeah. I think 2017 that was youth, correct? Around that time. 2017 was as you please, yeah. Okay, yeah. We, we released you some youth in 2013. So that's how dumb I am. Yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah, youth, right? That was that was right in that time. But time flies. <laughs> time does fly. But I remember um, something that in our first discussion that really uh, captured me was the fact, and I wasn't aware of it. You're a huge gamer. You love video games. True. And I presume, for one, you still love video games. Yes. Yes. And so t- walk me through, like, when you first got into video games and what keeps you, I guess, engaged with that? Um, I mean, I used to like video games a lot when I was really young, you know, and then I got into high school and became a bit more social and <laughs> stopped. Sure. And then uh, we were recording As You Please, and uh, I was a big Mortal Kombat fan when I was a kid. Yeah. And... Uh, they had a Mortal Kombat X at the studio, so I started playing that a little bit, and it kind of reignited, you yep. know. And I've been getting into game development and stuff, so right. Um, I mess around with like three D modeling and uh, animation and stuff more so than video games at this point. But right. yeah, but and that's and that was something that really impressed me too because because you put out an app game around. Remind me which release you did that for. It was uh, As You Please okay. and 
life in your glass world. So Right. And that's weird. Most people don't put out games with their records. Yeah. It was cool. It was a little novelty novelty thing and uh I don't really know how many people even played it, but it kinda sucked. It was <laughs> you know, it was it was kinda shitty, but I guess, you know, the idea of it was cool. So Right. Yeah. Well, I tried and because it was made by you, who obviously is in the band to be able to like get Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was a it was harder to do the video game than it was to do anything else related to the the band and uh hopefully people appreciated it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, any yeah, exactly. Obviously one person did. Well, now everybody's yeah. everybody's going to pull out their phones, download it and then start playing it and be like, "Man, yeah, hopefully. Go leave it a review. Exactly. Don't you don't even have to play it. Just leave it a good review. 5 stars." <laughs> Yeah. Because that, that will then propel Matt's video game development career. True, and then I can quit Citizen finally. Right. <laughs> you know? This, this all is a long con. Yeah. You're like, I'm playing in a band to work in video games. Yeah, yeah, right. It's right, a weird right. way to go about it. Right, yeah. But it's cool. Um, something that's also been really, really cool for people like me and everybody out here to watch is how Citizen has progressed musically. And, I mean, people have literally been able to watch you guys grow up from being kind of, you know, a, whatever, pop-punk-adjacent band to this really interesting hybrid of indie rock, hardcore, punk, whatever you want to call it. And you have been playing in front of different audiences, especially over the past three, you know, removing COVID, but the past three years or so, you've been playing to people that are not familiar with the scene so to speak so playing in these different venues and audiences what have you kind of like learned about yourself either as a performer or in the way that you are approaching these audiences who are like oh i don't know what straight edges or minor threat or whatever like how how are you handling yourself with that uh i feel like i feel like i'm doing pretty okay i just uh a, a big lesson is uh, to just kind of do whatever you're excited about. And in regards to the way Citizen sounds, it's like I'm not listening to the same stuff I was in 2013. And while I still might appreciate that stuff, that's not the stuff I want to steal from anymore. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah. I, you know, we just want to do, do things we're excited about and... Uh, Whatever version of us you're hearing, you know, we're happy to play that. And um, I don't know if that answers your question, really, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard because as each time you put out a new record, there's that fear that if you don't put out the thing that you previously did, people are going to be like, Citizen sucks. They don't sound like that anymore. There's, there's no fear. We uh, put out a record called Everybody's Going to Heaven. Everybody hated it. And um, yeah. So. Any any fear of neg- negative reactions has uh, we've already experienced the worst of it, so right. we don't really care at this point. You're like, but back then it was it was life altering. <laughs> no, and honestly, that's what I was going to ask you too. Where there is, you know, you participate on social media very uh, infrequently. You know, you have Twitter. Correct me if I'm wrong. You do not appear on Instagram. Am I correct or no? I do. I do. You do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a sellout. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you, you definitely aren't the sort of person where it seems like 
that is not a very important part of your life. It's just something you do. Yeah, at least my personal stuff is just kind of like, you know, personal. Yeah. Um, I used to be like a loud guy on the internet and uh, when I was a bit younger and a bit crazier and it's just kind of embarrassing, you know, at this point. So you just kind of mind your own business and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I'm sure some of that also came from the fact that you're talking about when people started to express their feelings on why they don't like Citizen anymore on the internet, there probably was some of that Oh, I just don't even need to pay attention to this. I read, all, I read everything still to this day. <laughs> so maybe I don't respond to it, but I definitely have a list of bands I don't fuck with in my phone. So if I see somebody talking shit on the internet, the first thing I do is I go to their page and I see if they're in a band. And then I listen to it and make fun of it with other people. And then I write it down, write their band name in my notes app. So I, I have a, a list called Bands I Hate. And there's like a hundred bands in there. I, I love that idea because it could easily happen where it's like, you know, you get the submissions for your headlining tour and you're like, ooh. That's the idea, yes. Right. Oh, this band was talking shit. They can't, we, we, they can't play with us, so. <laughs> and I like, I like that you could probably reference, hey, so it's weird. Back in 2017 in my notes. Yeah, I have the dates, where they're from, and their band name. So there we go. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, I, that would be spectacular. Um, you, uh, you 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 live in Ohio still, correct? I currently live in Virginia. Oh, yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What yep. prompted that move? So my wife is. Congrats, uh, congrats by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. She uh, is a nurse in the military. She's a lieutenant, so she's in Virginia for a couple of years. Then we're going back to Toledo. So, okay, got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the motherland, you know. Right, that's what I was going to say, because Ohio, obviously, you've toured across the world now, and you've experienced a lot of different cities, and you see, I mean, many of your peers and bandmates end up in L.A., New York, the cultural hubs, and you're like, Toledo's my spot. Yeah, I love Toledo. Yeah, why it's is that? It's cheap. Okay, cheap. And the, my family's there. Love it. And those are the only two reasons. Right. So, I uh, none of my hobbies require i don't like to hike you know i'm like uh if i go camping i'm in my van and i drive to an area i get out i look around i get back in my van you know what i'm saying so um toledo might not be the most scenic place but i don't really care i just i lift weights and sit on my computer so right as long as it's cheap to live there i don't care Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, I mean, and it affords you the ability to do all of what you do artistically because yeah. you don't have a huge overhead or whatever. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, the, the, the vibe of the band has also changed stylistically over time where it's like, you know, each record that you put out is either a very, you know, high conceptual art where it's like, wow, like what, this is kind of psychedelic or this is, it's very different each record and I know that matches the music that you're doing how important are the aesthetics that you guys choose to put forth with the art on each release um, so our guitarist Nick's, Nick does all that yep. he does all the covers and stuff and I think he uh, he really uh, yeah <laughs> Cla- claps to Nick I think he does a great job and I, I don't have any hand of that and 
I mean, I don't look at the merch designs before we go on tour. It's just kind of like the first day, I'm like, oh, cool, those are our shirts. And, uh, but I think he does a great job. I mean, doubling back to uh, Everybody's Going to Heaven, the, the vibe of the album was bigger than the album itself. Everybody was like, oh, this shit sucks, but that shirt is awesome. You know? So you had everybody wearing Everybody's Going to Heaven merch, nobody listening to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're like, I don't like the record. But love the band still and yes, love the merch. Exactly, yeah. Which, I mean... And Mark, that's all Nick, right? Right, yeah. All of his ideas, so... Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, there are people that literally will buy a piece of merch and not ever have an idea of what the band sounds like. Right. Like, yeah. Like my brother in high school. Right. Go to Hot Topic and be like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know? <laughs> what's, that, what's that skull thing? Yeah, yeah, cool. Put it on me. I like skulls, yeah. yeah. Have you heard of the Misfits? No, what is that? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you've also been pursuing a, you know, I hate to use the word solo career because that sounds pretty pretentious. You've just been putting out your own music under your own name for many years now. And a lot of people would view that as like, oh, you can't, you can't be creative in Citizen, so you got to like do this whole other thing. Um, and I know you've made that pretty clear that's not the case, but... What keeps you inspired to keep doing your own stuff within the context of that project? I think uh, just mood in general. I think um, aside from Citizen, the stuff I do for fun is a bit more lighthearted and um, just softer. Yeah. You know, and it would be it would be weird if Citizen was doing stuff like that, or you know, maybe you know they wouldn't like it. You know, I, you know, I don't know. So it's just an outlet to do softer stuff, I guess, really, you know? Sure. I listen to a lot of Third Eye Blind and stuff, and it'd be weird if Citizen started ripping off Third Eye Blind, you know? So, so that's why I just do it myself. Right. So, yeah. yeah, you're like, <laughs> I know this can't fit here, but this can fit here. Yeah, exactly. So. Right. And, and also with the fact that you probably can experiment with a lot of different instruments in your solo stuff than you can being like, hey, let's hire a symphony for Citizen. People will be like, what are you talking about, man? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. So, I don't know. Usually, uh, if I sit down to write a solo song, um, you know, there's never any, like, bleed. It's always like, oh, I'm going to do a Citizen song or I'm going to do a solo song. And there's a clear difference. Very rarely has it ever been like, oh, I wrote this Citizen song, but it sounds like a solo song. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, there's like a clear uh, goal and distinction, I feel like. so. Right. Yeah. So with, with touring, you've obviously played all across America. You've come to the UK. Have you actually played Outbreak before? Yeah. I okay. Think, I think in 2017... 2016? Okay. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah <laughs> I like so, how you looked at the audience. Does someone yeah. else know, maybe? Does anybody know? Yeah. No. Um, there's undoubtedly tour hacks that you come up with to make yourself more comfortable. Whether it's, you know, I want to be the first to the tour van or I got to be the first to, you know, catering or whatever. What sort of things do you do that make yourself, I guess, a little more comfortable as you're touring? Um... I try to be uh, very self-sufficient, and uh, I pack extremely light every single tour. I, f I find that the less you have to worry about, the less stressed you are. You know, I don't want multiple bags. I fit 
everything I need in a backpack. Every, and uh, For like a month-long tour. Backpack. Yes, I s- severely underpacked for every <laughs> tour. But it works out. I just smell bad all the time, and that's about it. And, but I'm uh, less, you know, less stressed, and I feel like touring is about um, being considerate. And uh, I find that if I uh, kind of keep to myself and um, kind of make it as if I'm not there, I'm considerate, and I'm also, um, it's just easy, you know? So that's my tour hack, I guess, you know? Pack, yeah. be considerate pack and light and, uh, you know, be considerate of others so you're not annoying. So, so you got like 30 pairs of underwear, one pair of pants, one shirt. I pack seven pairs of underwear every tour. Okay. And uh, I usually just go commando, and then I put the underwear on if I'm working out. So. I really appreciate that detail. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> no, so. I love it. Um, in looking at when you first started to get into like punk and hardcore and the more independent-minded stuff... Usually people have a record label that they attach themselves to where it's like, oh my gosh, this is really incredible, um, or a particular band that opened up their world. When I ask you that, like, what things come to your mind as far as a record label and or you know, a couple of bands that were really foundational for you? So I'm, I didn't really like, grow up on punk and hardcore, honestly. Um, I was like a new metal guy, you know? That's fine. I liked Seven Dust and okay. Mudvayne and all that stuff, and I kind of just um, fell into the hardcore scene. Uh, I think the first hardcore band I knew was Throwdown. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, that got to, you know, hate breed, and, you know, so I always thought Bridge Nine was really cool when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I, to be honest, I don't, I'm not like a punk hardcore guy at heart. And while that I, I do like a lot of that stuff, um, over time, it's definitely not what I grew up on. Um, I thought, um, chains on your jeans was badass and Jinko jeans. So, right. you know what I'm saying? No, for sure. Not. <laughs> I was going to say, how deep did your love go for new metal are you talking about like you liked the you know god level a plus bands or like did you go you're like listen i love cold and i love edema like edema yeah i was okay. a huge edema fan i actually still listen to edema and i recognize that it's awful at this point in my life but i still really like it it's fine you know because i grew up listening to it um no i don't know i, I feel like lincoln park was a huge band when i was a kid um, I, I told this story earlier it's, it's kind of funny um, I was part of the, the street team when they f- first released Hybrid Theory and um, you know they would send you stuff and uh, I was just a kid like I don't know 10 years old I don't know somewhere around there and uh, I got a letter from Chester um, who knows if he actually wrote it but it was handwritten and I had it pinned to my wall right and uh when when i was that young i thought it was like you either like rock music or rap music you know what i'm saying i was like fuck rap because i'm a rocker and uh 
Then Linkin Park did the reanimation album with Jay-Z, and it infuriated me. And I started crying, and I, I ripped up Chester's note, threw it no, in the fucking trash. Oh, <laughs> and then I hated Linkin Park for a while. Because they did, you know. They betrayed you. Because they betrayed rock music, yeah. Right. Even though they're rapping and stuff, and I was, I was just stupid, you know. So but I it's kind love, of a funny story. I really appreciate you sharing that because that is like, in my opinion, the perfect kid logic, where it's like, you think you're like, this has to be this way, and if it's not this way, this is literally offending my sensibility. Yes, yes. It, Deeply offended me. I felt betrayed. Right. Like you wanted to write a letter to get another response. <laughs> Back to Chester, yeah. <laughs> hey, Chester, I thought we were cool, bro. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid, but it's kind of funny. Well, so. I mean, fortunately, new metal has obviously got a huge renaissance as of late where people now retroactively look back. I mean, even Limp Biscuit touring with hardcore bands. Like, there's a world where Citizen could open for Limp Biscuit now these days. Right. I don't think I'd want to do that, to be honest, but. <laughs> I can appreciate I can appreciate those bands and the ridiculousness of it, you know. So it's true, it's true. Well, yeah, may- maybe you'll be able to play a festival, so you can. Maybe, yeah, yeah. festival is cool. You know, we did Riot Fest and I saw Guar, so oh. you know, stuff like that is cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with the kind of what you're talking about at the very beginning, with the um, you know getting into video games, and then now how you're expressing yourself with like. 3D animation and then like the pixel art you're doing and stuff like that is that just basically further entrenching you with the idea like hey I want to work with video games cre- like it, it it scratches an itch that you have creatively yeah I think so um, I've always wanted to like write a story and uh, I used to want to be a a filmmaker, you know what I'm saying? I would yeah. make a bunch of movies and stuff, and um, I don't know. I I just you ever watch a Pixar movie and you just it all just like them. destroys you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it would be cool. I I really like uh, bittersweet stuff and kind of like the topic of uh, growing up and kind of losing your childhood innocence and. I've always wanted to write a story like that, and I've been working on animation and, you know, kind of just tinkering with the idea of making, like, a short animated film, you know, or something, but, you know, who knows if that'll happen. I tell myself every day that I should start writing something cool, and I sit there on my notepad, and I feel stupid, and then I don't do it, and, you know, so. Well, I, first of all, you shouldn't feel stupid. Not like you asked for my advice, but I'm giving it to you. <laughs> you Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> you should definitely, because I, I think it's, I mean, ultimately, when you're in a band, you are storytelling as well. You know, you're doing it in short snippets, and all you're doing is being able to maybe focus this on a story that you couldn't tell in your band, you know? Right. I guess the main, the main problem is dialogue when you're writing a story. It's like, you just feel so stupid and... When you're writing out like character dialogue, it's just really embarrassing for some reason. So maybe I just got to get over that because I guess some people feel embarrassed with lyrics and stuff, and I've got over that. I've gotten over that, you know. So who knows? I don't sure. Know. Yeah. Or, or getting on stage, like you know, that's a very vulnerable act. Getting out there, singing into a microphone, and people looking at you. True. It's funny because I've just realized that, and there was a time where. 
we'd go, you know, we'd be playing a show, and I'd be taking a nap, and I'd roll on stage on sweatpants, and I wouldn't even think about it. You'd just go play, and I wouldn't be nervous at all, but lately, I've just been super nervous before every set, and I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? This is crazy. You know, like, I feel so weird right now, so... I don't know. As I get older, the, the whole stage fright thing is getting a little worse, you know? So, How, What do you do to try to combat that? Do you do any, like, pre-show rituals to calm yourself down, quote-unquote? No. I usually take a big P, and That's then very you kind of just realize that, you know, you got other people up there with you. So, you know, if I, if I need to be comforted, I'll just look at our guitarist, Mason... And he's up there just losing his mind. And I'm like, this dude doesn't care about anything. I should, I should be fine. So. But then on your solo stuff, when you perform that, like, it's just you. I, I, no, I got, a, I got, I got people up there you with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's fine. I got my brother up there, you know. So it's, you have we're, backup. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. So. And so when you talk uh, filmmaking and inspiration and storytelling, who are some of the people or films that were really influential to you to kind of want to try to pursue that? So I'm not like a big, uh, I'm like a mainstream film guy. I like The Iron Giant and Zoolander, That's you know, <laughs> so you could not. I can't tell you about any like artsy stuff, but um, I think the movie Walk Hard is pretty funny. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like the movie Up. Amazing. You know? Sad. <clears throat> One of so. the most, the, the opening five yeah. minutes. It's terrible, I know. So. It's soul crushing. Yeah. But it's, yeah. So, but it's so beautiful at the same time. You're like, how they packed a person's life story into five minutes and you're crying by the end of it. And then you're like, I have another hour to go. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I like stuff like that. I don't really like um, dramas and, you know, I don't really want to, like, watch a two-hour movie about people arguing with each other and stuff. I, like, kind of want it to be funny or, um, or scary. I like scary movies, too. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But my wife, Shay, is, like, just always watching shit that I don't want to watch. And she... <laughs> It's funny because I'll be on my computer and our living room is like my computer and the TV is behind us, couch. Yep. And um, she'll be like, I'm going to watch this movie. And it's, you know, just a movie about arguing for two hours. People arguing with each other for two hours. I'm like, okay, cool. And every like five minutes, she'll be like, you see that? You see that? And I have to be like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> And then about halfway through, she'll pause it. And this happens every time. She's like, well, are you going to watch this with me? And I'm like, I didn't ask you to turn it on, but yeah, I guess I will. So I always get caught into, watch, you know, yeah. into watching these movies. And I've, I've seen enough of them to realize that I don't like them. That's and I, I just like the, I want to watch Zoolander, you know? Right. It's funny. Right. Yeah. So. You're like, make me laugh at some point. Yeah, yeah. 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 So no, I, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate the the painting of the picture at home. Like, I think everybody that has had a relationship goes through that where it's like, oh, we're watching this tonight? Oh, okay, I guess we'll do this. Yeah, and P- 
people in my band are seemingly like artsy fartsy movie people, and they they feed her ammunition. They'll be like, "Oh, you have to watch the worst person in the world or whatever movie it is," and then all of a sudden I'm stuck watching it. And I'm like, jeez. So they're, they're getting back at you for like, oh, dude, you spit on my guitar. Pad. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. So who knows? The, um, so an interesting thing that I think people like you have experienced, you know, touring the States and then touring internationally and touring, you know, the UK specifically, what would you say are the most drastic differences between the two? Uh, the food, for sure. I mean, I'm... You know, America is, I mean, it's not very good for you, but I'm just so used to the way everything tastes that when I come over here, I'm like, whoa, I don't know what to eat. You know, yesterday I, yesterday I ordered eight uh, grilled chicken wraps from McDonald's, and I ate two, two of them every uh, hour or two throughout the day yesterday. And uh, I'm just, I, I'm, not, I'm a pretty picky food guy, and... Um, you know, so I just kind of like to stick to what I know. So when I go overseas, wherever it is, it's kind of like, where's the McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> where's, the, where's the American embassy? Yeah. <laughs> I like Nando's too, right? That's the, that's the thing here. So. Nando's is good. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like, get those curries away from me. Don't even try to give me a chicken. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like, you know, I, I'm very... KFC, yeah. KFC, yeah, yeah. I'm very basic. I'm a basic guy, so. No, you describe when, your when I'm home, I eat the same thing every single day. I eat chicken and noodles together. Right. And then I just put hot sauce in it or Alfredo or Shay introduced me to adobo. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. That's good. So it's kind of like I eat the same thing every day, and if I want it to taste different i just sauce it different you know so it's the, the sauces or the rotation yeah yeah, yeah. sauce or spice it whatever so i love it i love it yeah the uh, last thing i wanted to hit on and most probably the most important thing is the fact that like you mentioned earlier you lift weights you are a, a man that likes to put up some some pounds or kilograms as you guys call them over here right isn't that right yeah um so how do you First of all, how did you get into that? And second of all, how do you kind of maintain that when you tour? Because that's not easy. Are you hitting gyms when you're on tour? I try to. In the U.S., I just I have these like adjustable dumbbells, so I bring those. But I was always really uh, skinny growing up, like very small. And uh, like my body type isn't meant to be big. I have to like kind of you know work to be moderately big or whatever I am. And uh, a lot of my friends in high school were a lot bigger than me, and uh, I just started lifting weights to kind of keep up to keep up with them, you know. And it's funny because now all those people are like skinny now because you know life, you know life takes over or whatever. You know they don't care about lifting weights or, and I'm still on the grind, so I I, f- I feel good about it, you know. And I started training Muay Thai a few years ago, so that has definitely made me a bit um it's harder to keep any size on and with all the cardio and uh but i feel pretty good and i guess at this point I've, i just turned 28 it's kind of like i just want to i just want to feel good overall i don't really care about 
trying to be as hench as possible anymore. I mean, there was a point when I was, I thought I was pretty big, and uh, I was like walking upstairs and getting out of breath. Just walk up the stairs, or I'd bend over and tie my shoe, and I'd be lightheaded, and I'm like, oh, shit. What am I doing? I don't think I'm meant to carry all this weight, you know? So I just, at this point, I guess just overall uh, health is what's important. So, you know. Well, and you got to keep up that cardio for stage work, you know? Yeah, because I just go, I just go nuts on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Matt, for joining me. Everybody give it up for Matt from Citizen. Thank you. Thank you. New band alert for you to be aware of. I am extremely excited to say that Mutant League Records is sponsoring this particular episode of the show, and they have an incredible band. No hyperbole, just straight-up awesomeness. Rest easy. They just released a new LP called Hope You're Okay. It is members of Shook Ones and Dagger Mouth and... If you like anything that is lifetime or lifetime adjacent, you will absolutely adore this LP. Like I said, it just came out. They have a ton of cool vinyl colors over at MutantLeagueRecords.com. Shirts, tapes, whatever it is you want, they got it. But let's play a little bit of their single called Hey Maxine, give you a little taste of it, and then I'll tell you some other interesting tidbits about the band. So yeah, that is what Rest Easy has going on for themselves. And like I said, members of Daggermouth and Shook Ones, and there's probably 19 other bands located in there. But what's cool about them, they're lifers, <laughs> they're adults playing this music. So they're not just your average, uh, you know, whatever cheesy pop punk band that's starting up when you're 17 years old. No shots against bands that do that, because clearly we all start from somewhere. But they're adults playing this music, and they know exactly what they're doing. And I love this full manifestation of all of their bands into this, you know, super group, even though that sounds pretty silly and not something that they would probably be comfortable with. But regardless, MutantLeagueRecords.com is the place where you can buy all of your Rest Easy merch needs and just order the vinyl because I know I did and I'm very excited to get it. So MutantLeagueRecords.com, Rest Easy, Hope You're Not Okay is out now, streaming everywhere, or buy the LP on MutantLeagueRecords.com. Thanks, Mutant League Records. Wait, you. Yeah, I'm pointing directly at you. Do you like band merchandise? Obviously you do. You're listening to this podcast. That is why you have to visit rockabilia.com and use the promo code 100 words or less that gets you 10% off your order. I don't care what type of music you're into, they have officially licensed merch from so many bands. Like, let me just list a few. We got the Beatles. I don't know, maybe you've heard of them. How about Black Sabbath? check no problem bring me the horizon yep got that too grateful dead eminem black label society i could go on and on how about insane clown posse how about that right but all joking aside they have and and there's no jokes there because insane clown posse is a great band for those of you that are juggalos out there anyways rockabilly.com all officially licensed merch you will be able to get 10 percent off your entire order by using that promo code 100 words or less and just have fun you will be able to get anything you want for yourself and your parents, your siblings. I don't care, your grandma, your grandpa, you'll be able to have a lot of fun there. So rockabilia.com, one of her words or less for 10% off your order. And thank you for your continued support, Rockabilia. Okay, that was Matt, clearly. And now we've got uh, Isa from Soul Crush, 
who, if you have not listened to, they are an incredible shoegaze, hardcore, whatever, <laughs> amalgamation, beautiful, soaring vocals. Like, I just I really, really enjoy what they do. So do yourself a service and listen to the band and then listen to this discussion with Isa in either order. I would prefer you to listen to the podcast right now, though. So here is a little ad, and then here is Isa. You know when you get into a band or a record label and you become obsessed with them where you just like have to find out everything you possibly can about them? Well, recently, I got obsessed with the band Brutus, who just released an amazing record called Unison Life on Sergeant House Records. And this isn't an ad for them. This is actually an ad for Evil Greed, who is an amazing web store solution provider for bands and also you as the consumer. What they do is they will sell you merch music from bands that is filtered through a very curated list that they personally endorse and love and support wholeheartedly. They have labels like Close Casket Activities, Triple B, Flat Spot, Sergeant House, My Friend, Maggot Stomp, which I probably should have them on as a guest. But anyways, and they also have bands like Amon Ra, Full of Hell, Power Trip, Chelsea Wolf, Nails. You get it. But what I want to offer you is a discount. You can use the code 100 words and it gets you 15% off of your entire order. I love Evil Greed. They have a very specific point of view. And if you are going to their website, you will undoubtedly find a ton of different items. And they're based in Berlin, Germany, but they ship worldwide and it is very, very fast and efficient. I've ordered from them before and I am very, very pleased about all they have done for me. I would say that even if I they did not sponsor this podcast. <laughs> so go to evilgreed.net and use the promo code 100words that will let them know that you heard about this on this show. It works. It's a very virtuous cycle that happens when you use the promo code 100words. Evilgreed.net. Order some merch. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. I feel very professional with these plants and oh, couches yeah, and stuff. It's great to have some green. Well, it's funny. And I'm sure any of you that attended any of the chats yesterday, some people, they're sitting here and then they start to play with the plant. <laughs> it's just something to play with. So anyway, I'm not going to judge you. No, but you're giving me ideas. So. I know. Yeah, you're going to start like 
really yanking them out. I'll just put them in my hair. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we, we have not had the privilege of having a podcast yet. Some of my previous guests I've had. But um, usually I don't ask these questions because I feel it kind of uh, basic. But you've been on tour for what feels like two years. I mean, you've, you did a full U.S. tour. You yep. did a full European tour before that. Or parts of it. Yep. And how are you holding up? Um. <laughs> <laughs> are you very tired? How are you doing mentally? I'm, I'm okay right now. Okay. It's, it's been long. And right. um, there have been very few hours of sleep. But uh, yeah, it's all right. It's not too bad. Okay. There's enough Red Bull in the world to kind of keep us a little the bit. The energy drinks yeah. are flowing. That's yeah. right. And we found the best one in Germany. It was called Space Cat. I've only had it once, but I want it more. <laughs> so the drink is called Space Cat? Yes. <laughs> That's it's funny. It's the best thing ever. Okay. It's because, uh, yeah, the, most people in America, the energy drink Red Bull is pretty terrible. Like they say it tastes yeah. like urine, you know? <laughs> Uh, but some people really like it. So. Yeah. But it's... It's just the caffeine content. Exactly. That's the most important thing. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so, because your U.S. tour that you guys just completed, that was like six weeks. Seven, actually. Seven. Yeah, yeah. Two, like almost two full months. Um, and, and yeah, the U.S. is huge. So all of the driving was quite long. Um, so that makes coming back to the U.K., a little bit easier because uh, you can usually find like a central place to sort of make your base camp and then travel around. So right. yeah, we're happy to be back. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because that's um, I know your home is in Belgium. Is that is that yeah, where right. everybody lives currently? Yeah, everyone lives in Belgium right now. And I actually grew up not too far from here. So we drove past my childhood home yesterday on the way up here, which was really nice. <laughs> so you so, waved as you drove by it? I actually stood in front of the house and jumped. <laughs> <laughs> there is photographic evidence, so we might have to post that later. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, that, I was going to ask you that because I know that you studied here in England, but I didn't. were you actually born and raised here? I was born here, yeah, but I, I did most of my studying in Belgium. So I moved over to Belgium when I was nine. Okay. Um, so it was... A very long time ago that I saw that house. <laughs> right. So, so uh, were, were you actually in Manchester? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so. crazy. And because it's not very common for us in America to move to different countries at nine to start your studies, yeah. wh uh, what prompted that? Why did you go over to, Bel like, my, of all places, Belgium? Yeah, my dad got a job over there, and so we moved with the whole family um, it was only supposed to be a short stay of three years. Uh, so, like, I did all of my schooling in the British national curriculum because we just stayed forever. Um, but, okay. yeah, it was good. I think um, uh, Belgium has given me a lot of opportunities that, that um, yeah, especially, like, l linguistically. Uh, right. I'm, I'm now fluent in two languages, which I probably wouldn't have been if I'd stayed here. So... Yeah, there's a lot of differences in culture, perhaps. Sure. Um, but it's always nice to come back uh, to the UK. So. Right. And that's, that's the thing. When I uh, met you previously, I couldn't... I knew you were from Belgium, but then you have a little bit of an English yeah. accent. I was like, wait, where, <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I'm from anymore. Um, my, my accent changes depending on who I'm talking to as well. Uh, I think that's partially because people have... So, well, my family has 
made fun of me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I've got quite an international family as well. Um, got cousins living in, in the Netherlands. So I spent a lot of time with them learning Dutch as well, but they, uh, they didn't like my accent and made fun of me. So now I just adapt depending on who I'm speaking to. To whoever you talk to. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, uh, a dumb American accent? I, I know a lot of people that do the American accent impersonate Californians. Were like, "What's up, dude?" Like, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. But yeah, I do like if I do speak to Americans, uh-huh. uh, especially at work, then I do sometimes have to change my intonation a bit, um, sure. just because otherwise you don't understand me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And we're really loud. Yeah. Generally speaking, <laughs> I can say that as an American. I know that I've been accused of being very loud. So, um, now that you have, I mean, I know you've toured the U.S. before because you guys did a four or five week tour a couple years ago, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we we toured, um, I think, 2019 uh, on the West Coast. Yep. And then 2020, just before the pandemic, we toured the East Coast. Um, and we got home like about a week before everything shut down. Wow, so, that was um, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had to cancel like three EU tours or well, three tours back to back. I think it was going to be EU and then US again and then EU, but obviously none of that happened. Yeah. Um, but we were we were lucky that we were at home when uh, when the pandemic hit. Um, that we weren't out on tour and couldn't make, ourse- make our way back. So, uh, yeah. Sure. That was uh, very fortunate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you feel like you guys learned about either yourselves or performing when you were going across the States? Because that is such a, uh, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself no matter what sort of, sort of band you're in, even yeah. if you're from the States. So what do you feel like you took away from maybe the most recent experience that you're like, oh, now we're better at <laughs> driving or <laughs> something simple, or it can be something like your performance? I think, um, especially if you're out for so long, like just setting everything up, you find like the most efficient way to do everything and everyone has their own sort of task. So um, yeah, that's something we kind of, we learn early on that it is uh, best that, you know, what you're doing <laughs> that yeah. sounds really stupid but um yeah if, if you know that like you know jerry's gonna set up the lights and then uh these guys are gonna make sure that the that the um that all of the electricity is is set up for the pedals and everything like that then uh then it makes everyone's lives easier yeah. so uh we just work as a huge team to to set everything up as quickly as we can so we can just get on with the sound check and everything so. right yeah because you guys have a lot of guitar pedals and equipment (laughs) you don't make it easy on yourself that's true that's true but we've we've got it down to like setting up as uh yeah as fast as possible (laughs) yeah for sure um when you were uh so you basically from age nine on you stayed in belgium that's right okay and you obviously never came back to the uk besides playing shows yeah, that's right. Um, I do still have some family over here, so occasionally we come over and visit. Okay. Um, but yeah, now it's mixed with touring, so I get to see my sister a lot more. That's cool. That's <laughs> so cool. That's cool. Yeah. Do you? Um, so, when you started to get into music and maybe more independent-minded music, whether it's punk, hardcore, indie rock, um, how did that get exposed to you? Was that 
by friends or was that by television, radio? How did that get exposed to you? It was mainly by friends and um, in Belgium, in, in the town that I live or the city that I live, um, there was this uh, alternative radio station. So okay. um, I just found that like randomly sort of zipping through the channels. Um, so that was, I guess, my first sort of experience hearing like heavy music, some hardcore and punk. Um, oh, and so they're pl- they playing like hardcore and punk on this radio station. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. called Radio Scorpio, and it's, it's very sort of low key only uh, accessible in Lerva. <laughs> okay. Um, and maybe even up to Stenerbeek or Mosul. I don't know if you guys got it, but um, yeah, it was uh, yeah it was cool to to be able to hear that just on a on an old school radio and dial into it because back then it was all just sort of FM. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there are a lot of really cool hardcore festivals in Belgium. So um, it was actually through a, a festival called Kurusrok that uh, a friend of mine went to and then she met some people there. They invited her to a show um, and that's where I met the rest of the band pretty much um, right. going to the show. The, uh, and isn't Ebert Yeeperfest? Ebert. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, my Eberfest. American pronunciation. Isn't Yeeperfest? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, so that that that's a very big festival over there too, right? Yeah, that's a huge festival. Um, it's always been vegan, so I think it's I think it's even got its thirtieth anniversary or something. Yeah, this I think year. you're right. Um, so yeah, it's been vegan forever, and and yeah, that was always a great one to go to, uh, knowing that you're always going to get decent food and and like all of the activism has always been present there so uh yeah back in the day yeah. hardcore was all about like animal animal rights and and everything and um that's also something that really um yeah that that really attracted me to to that hardcore punk community um and i think that's also something that sort of you can feel as well in slow crush music our, our music is sort of all about compassion and and, and uh, taking care of each other and stuff so that's right. lyrically uh, present still sure. and as well as musically like I think that that sort of the, the hardcore beat is still in there um, and even some doomy stuff so although it's may at times seem very sort of floaty and light there is that um, that heavier influence yeah present. absolutely well I think that's what when people come from the punk and hardcore scene but then decide to express themselves differently musically, there's always going to be that foundation of just like, oh yeah, we're going to do this ourselves. We're going to sing about this stuff that yeah. is not typical to maybe what the other bands sound like. So I get where you're coming yeah. from. And I mean, Belgian has always had a really, really big hardcore scene. I know even from my perspective in California, you know, that H8000 scene and like yep. all like that traveled all the way over to America. So when you were experiencing all of that, what sort of bands captured your attention initially when you started to go to those festivals and started to get into those? It doesn't have to be locally, but just bands that you started to get exposed yeah, to. Yeah, but if you're talking about H or 8000. 8000, yes. 8000. Yep. Uh, then yeah, Liar was always a big one. Um, yep. And um, Kindred and yes. things like that. So yeah all of those bands that i think we've probably been we've all been to those shows um yeah 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 um when you started to go to shows and see bands play did you immediately want to play in a band or did you have to work your way up to that idea um 
Well, when I met these guys, they were looking for a bass player, so I was in the band already. Okay. Um, so, I don't know, but I'd never... I guess I'm usually quite a shy person. Sure. <laughs> so, like, um, I'd never had ambitions to be sort of, yeah, right On up stage, front yeah. and stuff. And so, for a very long time, when I was playing in these hardcore bands, um, I was the little girl with the big bass hiding behind the bass cabinet. <laughs> sure. Um, so sometimes sometimes I feel bad that I still can't do that. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, it's something that you learn along the way and uh, yeah, you just sort of have to switch everything else off and just be in the moment with the music on stage and uh, that's what gets me through pretty much. <laughs> so Slow Crush was not your first band you played no. in hardcore bands prior to that yeah yeah so we've all been we've all been playing um in bands either together or in different combinations for for many years um which makes it great like now with slow crush because we've known each other for so long so it's always easier to work with people that you that you know personally um as well as musically um so yeah yeah and was it always the bass for you or did you try any other instruments it was always bass, I think. Okay. I may have played guitar for a very short, <laughs> short-lived band, um, one-show band. Okay. Um, but I can't remember anymore. Yeah, then that doesn't count then. No. Yeah, so it's always been bass. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and did you, um, you know, were you doing uh, photography or were you trying to kind of contribute to the scene uh, elsewhere, or was it always just you wanted to play in a band? Um, well, uh, like when we, we've also sort of organized shows and, yeah. and stuff before, and festivals even, and I've been doing catering as well, just sort of uh, hospitality and catering and stuff like that. So that's my contribution. Yeah. Vegan cooking, um, but like, yeah, photography, I'm not the best photographer. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. But so you were putting on shows and you were doing vegan cooking for, uh, you know, your friends and yeah. bands that were on tour and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, when did you get introduced? So, like, you, well, actually, you mentioned that you got introduced to veganism and animal rights via, you know, the music that many yeah. of us get introduced to. Um, was that as you started to get into stuff that your parents probably did not understand? How did they react to you? getting into loud music, talking about veganism, like, were they supportive or did they kind of be like, oh, you're a weirdo? <laughs> um, they were supportive to a certain extent. I mean, they, they never said, oh, no, you, you have to eat meat or... Um, they, I mean, the only thing that... The only unsupportive thing that they might have said to me was, like, why do you want to play bass? Because you can't sing while playing bass. You should play guitar. And so I've you proven them you wrong. Can't sing, you can't sing while playing bass? That's what they said? Yeah, uh, yeah. but my, my, my mum and dad, they're, they're both guitar players, so maybe they just wanted me to follow in their footsteps. Um, my dad actually taught me how to play guitar from a very, very small age. I think before I could walk, I had my own little mini acoustic guitar. Um, so, yeah, maybe that, maybe that had something to do with it. But anyway... I've proven them wrong. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, guys, I'm in the UK with my band. I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you, going back to what you're talking about with the live show and how, I mean, when I saw you guys in Orange County, uh, it was my first time seeing you guys, and you create an atmosphere, not only with your music, but then you're trying to set the tone 
with the lights and everything you're doing. Um, has that always been the way you guys have tried to present yourself, or is that something that you've kind of like worked your way up towards? It's always been something that we were aiming to do, but of course, like you, you don't start off with this whole production and everything. That's something that has definitely evolved. Um, I think with every show that we play, with every tour that we that we do, we uh, we learn things from the other bands that we play with. Um, so I think after every tour, we change our setup completely. <laughs> We've tried not to this time. Um, we did have to temporarily like find a backup light system for the first set of, of shows because all of our lights got stuck in the US and didn't arrive home before we had to leave for the next tour. Um, so we... We figured it out. Okay. Are the <laughs> and, lights uh, still in the United States? No, the okay. lights are back from uh, today. <laughs> that, thank goodness. So, yeah, but we've always tried to make it as interactive a show as possible or immersive as possible. Um, to, and, and I think musically we've always heard from the crowds that they, they feel like they're completely drawn in. And I think just sort of evolving the, the lights and the smoke and everything like that is really making it a 3D experience um, as well as just an audio experience. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You're simply not just playing. You're trying to... I like the idea that you're trying to build something that the crowd can participate in without just, like, standing there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like it. that. You're, you're trying to really immerse them. And... With the fact that, I mean, because you guys do so much touring and you, you, know, you work with record labels and there's a lot of business implications that start to happen, um, how do you guys interact? Like, are you very active with the business? Um, is it something that you're comfortable with or it's just something that you know you need to do? Um, well, I guess, like, coming from sort of the DIY scene previously, we have been very active in, uh, in the business side um, just because, like, we we know what we what we need and what we want, um, but now we we do have a team that is work that is working closely with us. So even, yeah, we we have management working with us and everything. So it just makes it a little bit easier on ourselves because there's so much else going on um, that we don't have to think about the the little things. But we're still involved in in the decision making. Uh, so. We're thankful for that as well. <laughs> right, yeah. Because, I mean, I know at one point, especially in punk or hardcore, there was that idea that once you started to have a manager and once you started to do these things, it was like, oh, that's the man. Like, we can't do that. Like, we're losing control. And it's like, yeah. you don't lose control if you work with someone who you trust. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it's hard to find those people sometimes. So we're very, we're very happy to, to have found some some very cool and friend yeah there are they are our friends uh, all the people that we work with uh, so that makes it a lot easier as well to, to work with someone if you know that you can trust them as you say yeah um, so yeah and especially if they know if they come from your scene as well where it's like yeah. they understand it would be different if you were trying to explain hey we're playing in front of 50 people in this city because we're excited to do it. And they're like, you're not making $500. What do you do? It's like, no, like this is just what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and kind of on the idea of what you're talking about, where you, you know, you self admitted, you are shy. You're not maybe comfortable putting yourself out there, but you've been doing it for years now. And so, like you said, do you basically just, 
focus on the music and how do you inter- I, I guess that's one question but then also how do you interact with people who are obviously coming up after the show and being like I want to talk to you for 20 minutes <laughs> which is fine but there, yeah. there is that emotional investment that you have to be mindful of yourself so how do you kind yeah. of balance those things um I think, yeah, I think stage ESA and offstage ESA are quite different. But, um, yeah, once I get in that zone, then it's all right. And I say that I'm shy, but I talk a lot as well. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I like meeting, meeting people, new people. Um, and it is great, like, that people are very enthusiastic as well to come see us uh, and talk to us after the show. So, please... Don't be yeah, don't be scared. Don't be no. scared of her, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the reason I ask that is because I know that, especially once bands start to receive some attention, there is that idea that they are so connected to what you're doing musically that they will, or lyrically, that they will want to talk to you for a long time. And as an introvert, you might be like, "I've just played. I'm exhausted. I gotta like." recharge or what have you so i don't have i don't you don't have have that that. (laughs) that's cool no i'm i don't have that opportunity because usually after the show i'm right behind the merch anyway (laughs) right so yeah so you go from the stage to the merch (laughs) yeah you don't have rest for the wicked (laughs) right 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 well that's and maybe that's part of the reason why you putting yourself out there makes you more just comfortable doing it because you've done it for and and of course like once you're on stage, you get that adrenaline pumping. So, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> right, right. So, as you guys continue to, you know, tour, release music and everything, um, how do you, I presume you guys have jobs back home that you return to? Or is what do you guys well, do? continue for... doing on tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm on my laptop in the van during the day and then at night playing shows. Uh, but the others are right. Okay, so <laughs> you're you're sleep. you're constantly you're constantly working. Pretty much. Okay. Very occasionally, I can take a day off if we're somewhere nice. So I yeah I had the opportunity in in the US to not work. Um, so yeah, that was great. So I right. got to see some of the states while I was there. Right. So um, you actually took the vacation. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> to be able to play shows. <laughs> that's it. How do people? Um, that are not familiar with this scene and then they know you as a person and then they find out you play in a band, you know, you have tattoos, like there's all these things that are like, oh my gosh, like what do you mean you play in a band? Do people react uh, differently to you or how do they? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, the people that I work with, they know that, they, that I play music and uh, yeah, they're, they're very supportive, so they're quite flexible in letting me do this, um, which is great. So they know how much it means to me and uh, how important it is. So that's, uh, that's, I guess, the benefit for working for the company that I do, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the, uh, because there have been so many more females that have been not only participating in bands, but obviously going to shows, um, I know I have seen a drastic change over the past 10 to 15 years. Um, and I'm sure you... Was was Belgium more um, 
I guess, male-focused as well as far as, like, the hardcore and punk scene? Or was it a good mix, or did you notice? I think it was a pretty good mix, especially in crowds. I know that there were a lot of girls going to the hardcore shows when when I was there as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think the, the community was a lot more accepting, perhaps, uh, than other places. So I'm very fortunate that I've never run into any of those kind of issues. Uh, so... I think it just really depends on, on where you are and, and how you've been introduced to the scene. Uh, but I can touch wood, yeah. safely say that um, that everyone has been very respectful to, to me uh, throughout my musical career. So That's great to hear, because yeah. I definitely, I mean, in the States, like you said, in certain areas, it's definitely different. But I know that just in observing, especially seeing different people play music on stage and feeling yeah. represented like that's changed so much yeah, where it absolutely. just used to be a bunch of dudes that look like me on stage yeah. and like that's fine but there needs to be more up there and yeah. so it's cool that you never experienced the flip side of it where people were just like oh wow we only paying attention to this band because there's a girl in the band it's like that's yeah. sad we only had it in the US once Oh yeah. Uh, where uh, we were setting up, and then apparently somebody said to the band that we were touring with, "Oh, there's a chick singer. Fuck this shit." And then, he, and then he watched anyway. But yeah, <laughs> only in New Jersey. <laughs> only in New Jersey. <laughs> Got it. Uh, well, the last thing I want to hit on was the when you were getting into punk and hardcore and going to all those festivals, and like you said, you know, bands in that particular scene. Were there any record labels that were big for you as you were uh, growing up, um, specifically, or, or bands beyond you know what the ones that we just talked about? Um, locally or just in general? Just in general. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know if I really sort of paid attention to record labels, but like, yep. I think just being just being in the hardcore scene back home, like there there was a label, Fun Time, that's from from Lerva. Okay. Um, so we're always hanging around at their shows and okay. stuff, and then there's Good Life and and things like that 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 set up Epa. Yep. Um, so yeah, those those labels stuck in my memory, I suppose. Um, but then, like band-wise, I think well, all of us listen to like a big variety of of different styles and genres, and and I guess growing up, getting into music and starting to play bass, then um, yeah. The, all the sub pop stuff uh, was usually sort of inspiration back then. Um, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins have also been a big inspiration. Um, yeah, just like all of that yeah, like yeah. good old 90s indie. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, it's yeah. great to see that influence come full circle where it's like, I just love watching 16 or 17 year old kids rip off bands from the <laughs> early 90s, and it's like, that's so cool that that yeah. music obviously lives on the legacy yeah yeah it's coming back yeah it absolutely is we no longer need to feel old or we do i know you (laughs) do i'm old so i can say that well isa thank you very much and everybody give it up to isa there was that what a fun fun chat and upon reflection of this whole live series i was really proud of the fact that people seemed to enjoy them they weren't like oh my gosh that I, because I wasn't there, it wasn't enjoyable. Because I know that I personally feel like that sometimes when 
podcasts that I listen to have a live component, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man, this won't be very good. But I, I was pretty proud of this. So I hope that you enjoyed the journey that we were on. Big, big shout out to the entire Outbreak Fest team for bringing me over and having me do that stage. I will be doing it again next year, and I'm looking very much forward to it. And then shout out to Simone, who recorded all these amazing conversations. He was such a good dude to work with and very easygoing, made it work seamlessly, and I loved him for that. Next week is a fun discussion that I have with a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Veek Martin. She is the owner and operator of Simba Records. She's put out a lot of cool bands, whether it's uh, Texas is the Reason stuff or some Refuse side projects, a lot of things going on. Um, And then she also works at Pirates Press Records. And then she also worked at Revelation for many, many moons, is a person that has been deeply involved in the behind the scenes nature of bands and labels and getting stuff out to you. And I wanted to have her on. So we accomplished that. That is what's happening next week. And until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.